Welcome to the show today, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are coming to you from Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, I've been on the road a lot recently, and so uh, we got to sit down with our friend here, David Benham, who we, who we have had on the show before. You may recall a pretty uh, fire episode uh, in March at the Vody Bauckham confronting the culture conference at Godspeed Calvary Chapel, where we talked about the legacy of the Benham family and the family that brought Norma McCorvey, also known as Jane Rowe, to the Lord. Uh, but there's so much more about this story I'd like to dive into, and it's sort of happening at a very, I guess you could say, propitious moment. Um, if you're listening to this episode, um, it is probably... Uh, Monday, June 6th, or Thursday, June 9th, and uh, Roe versus Wade should be overturned any day now or any week now. And so I wanted to sit down here with my friend David Benham again to talk about everything happening in the country from a biblical worldview, understanding the legacy of his family, seeing what God is doing on the move in the church, um, and giving, again, a marching orders for the church to stand in this moment. So I think you'll enjoy this episode. Um, we're just going to roll right into it because we have a different setup here on the road today. So anyways, David, thanks for Thanks for me, having brother. me, man. Yeah, welcome to Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. And the allergies. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I was so excited to see you. I just started, you know, getting right. teared up and all. It, it's, <laughs> it's not every day I get a podcast request that says, can you also bring some clarity? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, yeah, okay, got right, it. Yeah. I'll bring yeah. it. <laughs> I've been an LA boy, Orange County boy my entire life. I'm not used to uh, all this pollen. But well, anyways, welcome brother, here. Thanks for, thanks for rolling down. So uh, we're here at Freedom House yes. um, in, in Charlotte, North Carolina, where I, I preached yesterday. Um, and then we're doing a freedom night with Turning Point Faith tomorrow night. And I was so encouraged by this church's uh, love for righteousness and yes. for what the Lord loves. Um, and it's not very many pastors who have the cojones to give me the pulpit. Yes. Um, but I, I say all that just to make this point. The answer has always been the church. That's exactly right. And even pregnancy resource centers, David, really exist in the gap left open by the church. That's exactly Pro -life right. Pro-life organizations got started because the church abandoned that battle or never really engaged it 100%. in the first place. And yet we're starting to see a little bit of maybe a stirring or a waking up in the church. Yes. Um, I know this because I've spoken at more pulpits in the last uh, 12 months than in all 12 years since my first pro-life speech and you wouldn't necessarily be the most seeker friendly uh yeah. you know church yeah. growth strategy yeah. type guy winning friends yeah. influencing That's people right. so it's it's a it's a very good sign yeah because there's it's the church or men and women of god are like sponges they're dying and they're hoping and they're begging for the truth they want to be told the truth and even people who don't know the lord have eternity on their hearts that's right. they long for the truth so i want to give you a scripture that's why i was on my phone sitting here yeah. you're, you're talking to me i'm not texting <laughs> i pulled up isaiah 59 verse 14 and 15 and check this out this is exactly where we are in america today and it's exactly where the church is and we know that Jesus said that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. He's gonna, the gates of hell can prevail against almost any strategy devoid of the Holy Spirit. Right. Almost any strategy that the federal government will come up with or any strategy any other cool influencer is going to come right. up with. But it will not prevail against the church, which is the pillar and the support of the truth, First, first right. Timothy 3.15. Truth is key. That's the, this, is, this is where I'm getting. That's right. Because if we want to see a move of God, we must anchor ourselves to the truth. Mm. And here's what it says in Isaiah 59, 14 and 15. And this is exactly where we are today. Justice is turned back. Righteousness stands far away. For truth has stumbled in the street and uprightness cannot enter. Yes, truth is lacking. And he who turns aside from evil 
makes himself a prey. The Lord saw it. It was displeasing in his sight that there was no justice. You know, you got BLM wow. chanting, no justice, no peace. It's like, That's whoa, right. stop for a second. That's right. You're going for justice by denying truth. You're deconstructing the family. You're emasculating men. You're pushing for the murder of the unborn. You're pushing gay rights and gay marriage and homosexuality and all of these things right. that are rooted and their foundation is in lies. And yet they're demanding justice. Hmm. See, this is the moment where the ch only the church can step in right now because we hold the truth. And what right. is the truth? Truth right. is not an it. Truth is not a thought. Truth is a man whose name is Jesus Christ. And that man, in Acts chapter 3, verse 19, his spirit through the word of God says, Therefore, repent and return that your sins may be wiped away, mm. that times of refreshing may come from the presence of the yeah, Lord. That's See, that's right. what we want. That's we right. want times of refreshing. Seth, specifically in this pro-life moment, we want right. times of refreshing for all of these mothers facing unplanned pregnancies. Or, right. uh, they, they, they're needy. They need help. It's one thing to be against abortion. It's another thing to be pro-life. So before I hijack the rest of this podcast, no, I'll stop. Dangerous. I'll close. I'm going to take up an offering. I'd like you to <laughs> sow a seed into my ministry really quick so I can give you another thing in this one. I'm only teasing, no, but good. go ahead. The well, podcast. Is yours. Well, no, I love what you said about um, truth, because um, a certain individual once asked Christ, "What is truth?" Uh, that would be Pilate, That's and right. and but let, you just said, "Don't even say another word." I got. Let me just run with this. <laughs> you just said it on a T, because our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but but against the principalities, rulers, and authorities of darkness. The principalities, rulers, and authorities of darkness are ancient hostilities that will be judged in the lake of fire in the end. Right now, they are still alive. They are the same ones of Elijah's time. They are the same ones of Abraham's time with Sodom and Gomorrah. They are the same foul spirits that we see throughout the pages of Scripture and throughout history, whether it's communism or any other isms, wow. Nazism. I mean, all the isms and all the, all the ites and the isms throughout world history, these are principalities, rulers. And authorities of darkness. So let's look real quick. You just mentioned the word Pilate. And I think with Roe v. Wade, the possibility of it being overturned in the name of Jesus, we are going to see the exact same demonic strategy used against Pilate, who represented the state. It represented the governing leaders. Okay. I'm not saying Pilate is the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court is Pilate. I'm saying it represents the state. It represents the authority. Well, and remember, Russell Moore and Tim Keller and Ed Stetzer told me, David, to be obedient to the governing authorities. So yeah, okay. No exceptions. Oh, okay, okay. Got that. Well, just let's just, let's disregard know. portions of Scripture. You don't want to compromise your witness. Yeah, let's, okay. That's right. Well, then Paul was wrong. <laughs> Peter was wrong. Jesus was wrong. The disciples were wrong. I understand what they're trying to say at a certain level, but they are dead wrong when it comes to today's cultural moment. And here's what, let's talk about Pilate. So Jesus is drugged before Pilate. Now, they got accusers to take what he said to take facts and tell a lie. Right. He said he'd tear down this temple and rebuild it in three days. He's going to tear down the temple. Well, is that a fact that he said that? Yes. But are they telling a lie? Yes. They're trying to tell a lie yeah, that he right. physically wants to destroy the temple and destroy Israel and all these other things. It was a lie. Well, now the, the elites of the day, which would be the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the religious leaders, the rabbis, they were stirring up the crowd because mm -hmm. they couldn't deal with Jesus's intellect. They couldn't deal with the spirit with right. which his disciples would speak. They couldn't deal with any of that, so they just had to attack the man. Wow. They had to attack his character. It's exactly what we're seeing today. And so now Jesus is standing before Pilate, and they're accusing him. There's all these false accusations, and these false accusations can't stand on their head. And so what do the elites do? They stir up the mob. Hmm. Wow. So Pilate, the, representing the 
the leaders, the governing leaders of the day, Pilate says, well, this is ridiculous. He's an innocent man. He deserves nothing. He doesn't deserve death. And they start stirring up the crowd again, but the crowd chanted louder. Mm. It happened three times wow. until finally it said, wishing to please the crowd, Pilate delivered Jesus over to their will. Wow. That is exactly what BLM does. That's exactly what Planned Parenthood does. That's what George Soros does. These, these elites, including the limp-wristed left pastors That's right. that are complicit in this, they stir up the crowd, stir up the mob, and they're going to burn the cities, or they're going to riot in the streets, or they're going to go into the suburbs like BLM said they were going to do. Yeah. These, are, these, are, these are weapons that are used by the elites to get what they want. Right. See, the elites in Jesus' time wanted the death of Christ. They want the death of truth. Wow. The elites of our time want the exact same thing. Yeah. thing. Wow. They want the death of truth. They do not want life. They don't want the unborn to have life. Yeah. The, the, the abortion is their sacrament mm -hmm. to worship their demon idols. That's right. Oh, David Benham, there you go. Bill Maher made fun of me and Jason on HBO because we talked about <laughs> how there's demonic activity in the homosexual community. There's demonic activity everywhere. Yeah, yeah, but he's yeah. like... David and Jason Benham said homosexuals are possessed by demons. No, I didn't say that. But of course, it's the same thing. They <laughs> yeah, just yeah, take yeah. your words. Yeah. They twist it. They create their own narrative. Then they stir up the crowd. And so this is what we're going to see. When Roe falls, and I'm, I'm very confident that it will, Lord willing, Alito and the others uh, stand. Yeah. Um, but when it falls, uh, you will begin to see fomenting at the mouth. There will, they will not be able to articulate truth about the science showing that that is an unborn child. It is yeah. human. We're sitting here, all the liberals are screaming about, we found bacteria on Mars. That proves there could be life on Mars. We see heartbeats yeah. in America here in that's our right. own country, but that, that's not life. It's that's just right. such hypocrisy. Yeah, so right. they're going to foment the mob. They're going to accuse. They're going to take facts to create lies. They're going to target anyone like you and others that would stand strong on this, and they'll go after you. And what I am saying is that is proof positive that we're doing the right that's thing right. and that the church is winning that's right so yeah. buckle down yeah, 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 let's yeah, get yeah. ready for yeah, the you, fight yep that's right that's right you can totally judge um sort of the moral appropriateness of your actions and behaviors not to a t but almost to a t based off of the response by radical leftists and by the secular progressive culture but i want to go back david to what you said because i think we should unpack it a little more because it was powerful the elite tried to stir up a mob in Jesus's time because Jesus represented a threat to their political regime, their position, and their authority. And so now today we see the elite trying to stir up a mob because losing abortion would compromise their cultural position, their political position, or for just the normal run-of-the-mill secular progressive, their sexual libertinism. Yes. In short, the comparison is this. In each case, it is a threat to our comfortable, cush yes. lifestyle. Yeah. Jesus was a threat to that. Losing abortion would be a threat to that today. And from sort of an eternal spiritual perspective— those comparisons are pretty powerful. Yes. Because ab abortion for the secular progressive culture is their sacrament. It's the sacrament. Because it's it the fulfills blood. the first lie That's in right. Genesis 3, mm. that if you do it my way, because God's holding out on you, so take a bite of the apple, your eyes will be open. Oh, so they were closed. Okay, so Eve got woke. She ate the apple. It's the first woke story. She saw a different way. Yeah. And then ye shall be as gods. 
and a god gets to decide who lives and who dies. So we kill babies for embryonic stem cell research, fetal organ harvesting, fetal tissue research, and embryonic and uh, prenatal gene editing in each case with the justification that we'll get to live a little bit longer and find ways to extend our own lives, right. pursuing that which Christ already provided on the cross, eternal life. First Corinthians 15, 26, right. the last you're, enemy you're, to be you're destroyed nailing this. This is, is death. And so abortion is actually man's pagan replacement. It's the pagan replacement for man's pursuit of eternal life. Mm. They're seeking to obtain through bloodshed that which was already offered to them through bloodshed of Christ on the cross. And, and so Peter Kraft, the Catholic philosopher, put this better than I ever could. He said, abortion is the demonic parody of the Eucharist. Mm. That's why it uses the same holy words. This is my body, mm. but with the opposite blasphemous meaning. So rather than accepting the broken body and shed blood of Christ for eternal life, the secular progressive culture demands that we break the bodies and shed the blood of babies for eternal life. And so this is really sort of the centerpiece of secular progressivism. And I'll prove it to you, David. What was every headline every time a Supreme Court seat opened up during the Trump administration? Yeah. They're going to overturn Roe versus Oh, yeah, Lee. yeah. It was the very thing. It shows you they what showing all you their, their attention hand. focuses right. on in that one moment because it, it really represents the entire foundational premises or worldview of progressivism, which is that if we can liberate ourselves, even from the constraints of human nature itself, and decide which humans qualify for the status of personhood and which don't, who get to live and who get to die, yeah. then there is no end to our political project. Yeah. And, and so anyways, th that comparison I thought was powerful. And that's what the church is missing. That's right. Is that eternal spiritual perspective that there are principalities and authorities. That's right. But so many pastors have blinders on. So let me and give you. And they're mistaking the spiritual warfare for merely a cultural, cultural warfare. warfare which, is, which is total nonsense. So I, I want to talk about two things specifically. I want to talk about the division of the different elites of Christ's time and of our time today. But then also I want to just show you in Romans chapter one, it shows this spiritual battle that you literally just like unpacked. It's very eloquently. I love that. That needs to become a book. Um, in Romans chapter one, that's the, of course, that's the cultural rot chapter that we see right. in yep. Rome. We know that that is the same type of rot that we see across civilization throughout history when you deny God. But it, it, has, a it, it has a pattern. And it's all five D's. I'm going to show my good Baptist background, but I devoured Romans 1 back after Jason and I lost our HGTV show. And we had 20, 200 one-on-one -on -one interviews. And all the biggest of the big uh, talk shows were calling us wanting interviews. And mm. so we were really desperate for wisdom. Like, we, Lord, we want biblical wisdom. I don't want to just sit here and read cultural magazines and stuff and other people what they think. I want to go to the Word of God. What are you saying? And I remember in the middle of all of this firestorm around us, I, I got this pattern that I saw in Romans chapter one about the cultural rot. And it starts with deny truth, yeah. which is right where we began today in Isaiah 59. It starts with deny truth. Number two is you have a darkened heart. That's the next step. Number three mm -hmm. is you displace God. You now become God, which is exactly what you just described. We become God. Yeah. Right now I have no constraints, no moral constraints. I do whatever I want, however I want with whoever I want. My only commandment is don't you judge me. Right. 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 But then there's two more steps, which is where we are in America today. The next two steps after that, after you've denied truth, you have a darkened heart, now you've displaced God, you become your own God, is degrading passions hmm. and a depraved mind. The reprobate mind. Yeah. That is it. We have a depraved mind in this culture. That's why Apple can say a man can get pregnant and you have an emoji. <laughs> That's why 
You begin to see right, now right. kindergarten books. Literally, I saw one last week in North Carolina being taught in one of our just simple counties, not even Mecklenburg County, which That's is right. Charlotte. Of It showed a wow. man holding another man like the prom pose, but that front man was pregnant. At least he had a big belly. He ain't pregnant because a man can't get pregnant. I don't care what you say. Bigot. But bigot, yeah, bigot. I'm intolerant. By the way, Romans 12, 9 says, let love be without hypocrisy. That's right. Hate what is evil, cling to what is good. The love we talk about in America today, even in our churches today, is hypocritical love because we're not hating evil. To, to truly have biblical love is to hate evil and cling to what is good. Doesn't, we're doesn't living mean, in a post-truth society, though, David. That, well, this is why, that's why I say when it starts with deny truth. That's mm-hmm. where it starts. And what's going to happen? Righteousness, justice cannot be found. Yep. And then you're going to have all these people saying, we want justice. We want women's health. We want justice for black brothers and sisters. And we want all these other things. We have denied truth. That's right. You can't have Psalm 89 says righteousness and justice are the foundation of his throne. Mm. But when you reject the God of the throne, you can't have righteousness and justice. So right. anyway, but, but here's the key. Here's how you create a nuclear warhead to destroy truth because it's got to be taken by a missile, right? You know, yeah. this, this, this warhead's got to be carried by a missile. Well, what is the missile? It's the elites. These are the ones. They hijack mainstream media. They hijack big business. They hijack big pharma. They hijack big tech they hijack the universities right and so, yet what has been which demographic of all of these elitists and all of these secular progressives and moral revolutionaries david wh- which demographic have they been the most passionate about targeting the african-americans and children. Hundred, and children that's exactly 100 percent. it's african-americans and it's children i've been dwelling on this Margaret question Sanger. david i want to hear your 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 response here's a question i've been dwelling before on. you ask the question can i say one thing yeah so so this this the the missile delivery system of the nuclear warhead to destroy truth yeah are the elites and in jesus's time you saw a segment of two elites working together which is what we're seeing today oh it was going. the governing elites mm-hmm. the roman elites yep. okay it was the governing elites the democratic party specifically and the regime and, theologians. and the regime yep and the religious elites which is exactly what we're seeing today. <laughs> we are seeing, we are, seeing we are seeing the religious elites they will they not pl- speak boldly about it, anything. They want a place at the table. They do. They desperately want a place at the table. I'm, I, it reminds me of William Wallace coming into the nobles, the Scottish nobles, and they're all at the table. And he said, you're so satisfied with scraps off uh, of Longshank's table. And he's like, so let's good. kick the table over. It's, so it's, it's these, it's exactly. these limp-wristed, it. weak religious yep. elites that they will not get bold about anything except for targeting believers That's that right. will speak truth yeah dr right, owen right. strand when we had him on the show he said they want cultural they want christianity to be culturally respectable well and, and they, they will, want cultural respect and they will only speak as much truth as evil will allow no oh, yeah yeah well they will only yeah. speak as much truth as the view or the new york times okay. so will allow C.S. them lewis okay i love him ask asking the question how do these christian pastors these academics in in particular the academic Christian elite, elite, elite. How do they go from orthodox? How do they go from grounded in truth to asking the question like Pilate, what is truth? Here's what C.S. Lewis says. 
they simply found themselves in contact with a certain current of ideas and plunged into it because it seemed modern and successful. Mm. You know, they just started automatically writing the kind of essays that got good marks yes. and saying the kind of things that won applause. That's right. They were afraid of a breach with the spirit of the age, afraid of ridicule, having allowed themselves to drift, unresisting, accepting every half-conscious solicitation from their desires, they reached a point where they no longer believed the truth. Mm. C.S. Lewis wow, answering that same that, question. That, that's even convicting to me. It's like stay grounded, stay rooted in the word, stay humble before God, because we begin to get prideful, you know? I mean, and, and, and I can see this even in my own life. But I just started getting prideful. with the spirit that, of the that, age. Isn't well, that it? Francis Chan said this, and I, I really appreciated his humility and candor to speak so truthfully. He said, myself, including other pastors that I know, have for a time, and I'm paraphrasing, have for a time written sermons, and then we go back through our sermons and look at how can we minimize criticism. Mm. And that is exactly what C.S. Lewis just said, and I appreciate Chan saying that. And now I'm like, okay, well now let's raise up a remnant of believers right. who fear the God of Scripture, the God of our hearts, way more than the applause of men or the the, the people of the age. And so... Um, one of the things that I, I see, I can see it in my own life, but I certainly see it in these religious leaders, is that strategy replaces the spirit. Mm. Like King David, mm. as a young boy, was anointed king before he faced Goliath. Now, when he faces Goliath, if he was thinking strategically, he would have thought, well, I can't lose my head here because I was just promised a kingdom. In other words, <laughs> I've got a New York Times best-selling book deal. I have a wow. million Instagram followers. And God, would you? He'll use that. So yeah, oh, I God, need, God's going to bless me. I need to remain in this that's place right. of position and Th influence right. because it's it's for Him. There are I promise you, it's not for me. There are movie makers I know. Jason and I were like, you guys need to be dealing with some of these issues. This was ten years ago. Wow. That the church is completely abandoning, and they said no. We right now we have big distribution deals, and we're going to be able to get the gospel out to all of these other nations. And I said, "You're exactly right, but the spirit of the age is darkening the church right now. We have to see with spiritual eyes." And I appreciate all of the movies that you're doing, but right now is a time for us to stand. That's right. Like, but there's a there's a it, it, even even in my own life I can see it. It's like there's a threat to. My business, there's a threat to my distribution deal, or there's a threat to my book deal, or there's a threat to my job as a coach, or That's there's right. a threat to whatever. <clears throat> we got to reread the gospel where Jesus in Mark 8, and gosh, in, uh, in the other gospels as well, but Mark 8 comes to mind where he says, if you want to be my disciple, you got to deny yourself, pick yeah. up your cross, follow me. You nailed it. Strategy becomes a replacement for the spirit. I can't think of a, a more perfect way to put that, David. So let me pause there and reframe this conversation as we go forward. Um <clears throat> Woke corporations in America um, have become some of the most powerfully culturally formative institutions in the country because of how well-funded they are. Um, if you're a content producer like Disney Plus or Netflix, uh, whatever, the, the kind of content you create that young people watch that, that forms their, it well, it becomes their liturgy and it forms how they see the world. And that's why groups like Daily Wire are doing such a great job right now creating incredible content that people are hungry for. And movies too, which don't tell woke narratives yep. that people want to see. And you, we, I, mean, I haven't seen it yet, but everyone's talking about how good Top Gun Maverick is doing right now, simply because it's not about hating America and wokeness. It's just about raw, love yeah. America, patriotism. And so 
I want to go back to your and your brother's story, David. And last time we had you on, we said, oh, we need to talk about that. And so if, if we have time, I'd love for you to tell a little bit about the story of the show you guys had, yes. um, losing it, because you did pass the test that few do. And so let me connect that with what we were just talking about. You stood for truth and you obeyed the spirit of the Lord, who is God, who is, yes. who is Jesus, based off of what scripture tells us to yeah. stand for, even though you lost cultural respectability. Yeah. You lost position and influence that could have been used yeah. if you had just um, caved a little bit and yeah. compromised just a little bit and appeased the culture just a little bit. Yes. And so I want you to tell part of this story with as much as you'd like, David, for this reason. We're going to need more of those people now. Amen. With Roe v. Wade so close to getting overturned, the the left, if it gets overturned, they're going to lose their freaking minds. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. woke corporations that are that are run by the spirit of the age and and his cronies mm -hmm. within these institutions, you, you think that they're obsessed with defending abortion now? Just wait when Roe gets overturned. Mm -hmm. So if we don't have godly men and women in positions of influence who are simply being obedient to Christ and standing for truth, not only will we never fully protect the unborn in America, meaning like a federal ban on abortion, but we won't be able to stand for any other rights. That's right. For our children, our You're posterity. Right. So I want tell the story because people need to hear this. They need to be encouraged and they need yeah. to be reminded when the time comes for them yeah. to stand in a day like today. So we had all this scripture about, you know, stand strong, be bold Christians and all of these other things. And my brother and I, our business was doing so well 10 years ago that a production company came to us and said, we would love to do a reality show with you guys and, and pitch it to some networks. So we said, okay, they took it to LA and and we had five networks that wanted us, and TLC made us our first offer. So now we're negotiating with TLC in the spring of four, or 13, and that's when HGTV had just signed um, Chip and Joanna Gaines to fix a rupper. Oh, but wow. they hadn't piloted their show yet, so they reached out to us, and they said, listen, we want your family and the Gaines family. They'll, we'll give their show fix, the name Fix a Rupper. We'll give your show the name Flip It Forward, and we want to give you guys a mm. straight-to-series uh, reality show. So we weren't even going to do a pilot. We were going straight to wow. series. So, and they paid us all this money. And we we're like, absolutely, we'll do it. I said, do you know who, who we are? You know who our dad is. Flip Benham, he baptized Jane Rove, Roe v. Wade. And they said, oh, yeah, no, we've done our research. Check this out. This is literally what our production company told us. They said, we, as well as HG, many people at HG and most of your agents in Beverly Hills, we had hired this group out of Beverly Hills, believe like you guys do, we just don't talk about it. Wow. Isn't that interesting? Wow. And, and that's really the undercurrent of the entire country. Yeah. The reason they don't talk about it is because in the church, our most gifted, talented communicators won't talk about it. Yeah. So therefore, we sit silent. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Jason and I said, well, you know, uh, this is who we are, and we're not going to put on golden handcuffs. And they said, don't worry about it. We, we, uh, we believe this show, as well as the show with the gains, is going to rate really highly. So they start running commercials now in the spring of 2014. It was really exciting to even see our faces on HGTV right. and now we're on the website and then we are on the front of the Facebook page and all of our friends are like, what? You guys are going to be on HG. It was so exciting. Well, when they began running commercials, that's when the activist groups started rolling in because the activist groups Whoa. didn't really know the Benham brothers were on the scene. They knew a flip Benham before and had all the narrative. Yeah. He's just this hate filled, you know, yeah. bigoted, intolerant. And so, uh, 
So they very quickly had to pivot the narrative. And now all of a sudden you had Huffington Post, Right Wing Watch, all of these writing articles about the intolerant, bigoted, hateful Benham brothers and their evil dad. It's like an it's like an empire of evil. And uh, and so they started targeting the advertisers and other things. And and uh, before HGTV fired us, I do want to say this one story and this will encourage everybody that listen, fear is not the absence. You know, I mean, uh, courage is not the absence of fear. Having courage or being bold is doing what's right in the presence of it, in That's the midst right. of it, right? Yeah. So Jason and I experienced real fear. Like for the first time in our lives, we thought, man, we could lose millions of dollars. We had endorsements coming in. We had a $250,000 book deal with a, the, one of the biggest publishers in the nation, in the world. And all of this wow. stuff was just coming in. And now all of a sudden Disney was calling us saying they wanted to feature an episode at, at the Magic Kingdom. Wow. And, and Jason and I are like, I still can't believe this is actually going to happen. Like, yeah. <laughs> And so... Um, yeah, and uh, that's fun, huh? Yeah, yeah, exciting. it was it was very exciting. And then you um, be like Scrooge McDuck, man. Now, yeah, <laughs> now all of a sudden Scrooge McDuck, I love it. But now all of a sudden, uh, HG starting to get some real pressure from these activist groups, and wow. and so Jason and I actually put an email together that we never sent to HG, but we almost did. And here's the email: basically said, these are our beliefs. We're never going to back off of them. But when we represent your network publicly, we'll just be quiet about it. And that. We wrote that. I'm telling you, Seth, because we took, we replaced the spirit of God with the strategy of God. Wow. And instead of working with God, we were working for God. Mm. And that's a big difference in scripture. A lot of us are working for him. Our motives are right. We want to do what's right. We want to advance the kingdom. We want to tell the gospel, share the gospel. But when God's spirit is telling us to stand in the gap, the gap where truth has been trampled, the next generation is their identity is being stripped to the unborn right. or being murdered. God wants us to stand in that gap. Yeah. And, and so we abandoned the spirit just for a few moments. We never sent the email. We sent it to a spiritual mentor of ours. We thought would agree with us. And he, within a few minutes, literally just rebuked us. He shot us an email and said, how dare you boys write an email like this? You're more than that. He, he literally <laughs> reminded us of who we are. C.S. Lewis once said, a true friend, and I'm paraphrasing this, a true friend is the one who knows the song of your heart and can sing it back to you when you've forgotten the tune. Hmm. And wow. that's where a lot of these other religious leaders need to be. They need to have wow. true friends around them, not yes yeah. men, not a bunch of pansies that are just trying to get on stage with you, right. but real men that are willing to say, no, nah, man, you're, you're being a gutless coward. Now shut up, face, face the facts, you know, wow. run at your fear. And so this is what this spiritual leader did. And he said, how do you know you and your brother were not raised up for such a time as this to tear down a stronghold that's killing this country? And Jason wow. and I immediately, we were convicted by, the Holy, convicted by the Holy Spirit. We repented. And I'll remember within a few days, the general manager of HG, along with two executives out of Scripps Network in New York City, called us. And they said, guys, th the GM was actually crying on the phone. And we love HGTV. She, wow, she said, I no can't way. believe they're doing this to you guys, but we have to cancel the show. So they canceled the show. We lost all the money. I mean, it was a very large Whoa. contract and all the endorsements, everything. We lost our book deal. We lost everything. everything. Yeah, in 24 hours, it was gone. Wow. But you know what? I thank God for us having to actually, we actually had that moment where we were going to be just like all these other religious leaders, where we were going to get strategic and we were going to save ourselves and, you know, all for the sake of the gospel, right? <laughs> we were praying the prayer, God, we must increase so that you can yeah. increase, right? <laughs> but we know John the Baptist's prayer was, I must decrease so that you can increase. But we were, we were flipping it all around because strategy was replacing the spirit. But at the moment we got fired, it was a supernatural spiritual high 
that we that no amount of money could ever replace really? because we found I ourselves no. we found ourselves when Jesus when he when Jesus tells the church and that's he's saying it to Seth and David and all the people listening now that know Jesus he was telling us this when he said do not prepare beforehand when you are drugged before magistrates and kings mm. for my sake oh, right. the Holy Spirit will fill you with utterance right. and words to say right. we experienced that in a real way like we were on I just remember we were on Megan Kelly then we hit O'Reilly then we hit Chris Cuomo we hit Aaron Burnett Cuomo. I mean we were on Good Morning America Nightline all of them ESPN had us on we were on, and that's the, that was the first time I realized, wow, ESPN is pretty dang liberal. I didn't even realize that until then. Yeah. But we were on all these shows, and we honestly did not prepare. We just said, Lord, you fill us. This is your fight. They're targeting you. They're not targeting us because we had done nothing. I'd done not one. It was funny because I always said, what way have we been hateful to the gay community? Mm. What way? And they never could answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They only targeted our character and they targeted the word of God. They really targeted scripture. And they're like, you are hate filled when you say that homosexuality is a sin. I'm like, well, so is adultery is a sin. I mean, there's lying's a sin. All these other things are a sin that separate us from God. Well, anyway, so we, we experienced all of a sudden now the Lord starts filling our mouths and we started speaking and it was, it was really surreal to sit on the outside wow. of it looking back. Wow. And the next thing you know, we saw a real division in the church. And here's what we saw. We had large nationwide ministries that had Jason and I had supported and Jason and I had been with for years. Their directors would call us secretly and say, we support you in everything you say, but yeah. we're not going to be. Here we but, go. Yeah. But, and, then, right. and then here was another one. We're going to remove you guys off our website because we can't afford the fight right now. And I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? We had big influencers, like yep. with big platforms, everybody would recognize their names. Call us. Hey, we're going to be praying for you guys, but uh, <laughs> we're, not, we're just not going to say anything publicly. That's and I'm like, right, okay, yeah, right. sure you are. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's, and it's, I, but you know what? I had grace for them because I know the feeling. I, I felt it too. But thank God yep. we were able to repent. So when we got confronted by the pastor before we lost our show, we actually had to repent. We had to confess and ask Jesus, forgive us of a man-pleasing spirit. Wow. Forgive us of, you know, uh, Warren Wearsby, he was a famous Bible commentary. Yep. He said, faith is living without scheming. I think that's the best definition of faith, <laughs> wow. living without scheming. And today, wow. our religious leaders and a lot of people in the church, we are living with scheming. Hmm. We're scheming our way to hold on to the American dream while still standing for the kingdom. Right. And you know what? Today in America, because mm. the cultural elite, because big media, because Hollywood, because the universities, because these this the system, big tech, have been overtaken by godless, anti-truth, anti-Christ spirits, right? Because of that, we now for the first time in as the church mm. are truly having to deal with the fact that how do we live by faith without scheming? Yeah. Like, how do we live by the uh, Hebrews 11 hall of faith? Yep. And it's interesting that Hebrews 11 is preceded by the last two wow. verses in Hebrews 10, which says, we are not of those who shrink back. Yep. Yep. We don't shrink back. That's we right. move forward. And that's what we're doing right now is we're shrinking back, yep. looking at the culture, so saying, good, how can I be cool, relevant, yep. and trendy yep. and still love <laughs> Jesus and so go to heaven? Here's, here's, where the, here's where this gets problematic. The, the very attempt to strategize and embrace Tim Keller's middle wayism 
actually accomplishes the opposite. Far from advancing the gospel and strategically positioning yourself for Christ and his kingdom, you actually accomplish the opposite through shrinking back, through trying to find a middle way to stay relevant and keep your place at the table. Yeah. The end result of that is that the culture of death knows they now own you, just like the left will know that they own the Supreme Court if the votes change. No, that's exactly Because they right. would have threatened protests outside of the homes of Supreme Court justices where their children sleep, change the vote, we own you forever. In the same way, by doing anything less than standing and refusing to move, you're actually telling the secular culture and the culture of death and the spirit of the age that there is a bargain you will strike. That's right. There is a bargain you will strike. And if there's a bargain that you will strike with the spirit of the age, he mm -hmm. owns you. That's right. Theodore Dalrymple uh, is this British um, social um, kind of critic and uh, pr prison counselor. Like he counsels and, and works with prisoners. Uh, he's a Christian. Fascinating guy. Uh, Jordan Peterson had him on his podcast once. And he spoke to this fascinating insight that I think the church needs to grasp in this moment because the battle's about to heat up big time. And, and, and the churches who are caving and pretending to speak truth but are actually compromising yes. are actually speaking lies. And, and so he, he, he speaks to how political correctness, he says, is actually just communist propaganda writ small. Mm. Let me say that again. Political correctness is just communist propaganda writ small. That's right. Because political correctness today is just a synonym for lies. Mm. And here's what he says. In my study of communist societies, I came to the conclusion that the purpose of communist propaganda was not to persuade or convince, not to inform, but to humiliate. And therefore... The less it corresponded to reality, the better. Mm. When people are forced to remain silent, when they are being told the most obvious lies, yep. like pregnant men, uh, yeah, or worse yet, they're forced to repeat the lies themselves. They lose once and for all their sense of probity. It means integrity. They mm -hmm. lose once and for all their sense of integrity. Mm. Um, and he goes on to say that... Um, that one's standing is thus destroyed and eroded. One's ability to stand against anything is thus eroded and destroyed. Wow. To assent to obvious lies in some small way makes you evil, makes one, one evil themselves. A society of emasculated liars is easy to control. I think if you examine political correctness, it has the same effect and is intended to. Wow. So the point being is that when the church capitulates, when we remain silent, or when we start saying the kind of things that win applause, or we start saying the kind of things that strike a bargain so that we can remain relevant in the culture for Christ, we're actually just lying. Mm-hmm. And the longer you do that, 
the more easy you are to control because the more you'll want to hang on to the worldly things that you have. And, and that's exactly what the culture of death wants. That's exactly right. That's what the spirit of the age wants is keep the Christians believing all the right things, but never contending for them. That's right. And that's screw tape to Wormwood. He <laughs> says, as the humans have said, active habits are strengthened by repetition. Active habits are strengthened by repetition, but passive ones are weakened. The less he, who's he? The Christian. The less right. he feels without acting the less he will be able ever to act and mm. in the long run the less he will be able to feel at all wow that was c.s lewis gosh that's that's such a good quote listen to this albert camus the french existentialist back in the early 1900s he said this there oh, yeah yeah talking about the french revolution i think he, that's right it's really interesting he said there always comes a time in history when the person who dares to say that two plus two equals four is punished with prison or death and the issue is not what reward or punishment will be the outcome of such reasoning. The issue is whether or not two plus two equals four. Yep. That's, that's it. You cannot feel that. Christ tells us that eternity is set in our hearts. Everybody has this. Yep. You know the truth. You know the reality. Yep. We all know it's a baby. That's right. You know it's a child. You know a six foot five grown man with a beard cannot be a woman. Yeah. And go and read books to young children you know that's an offense to our conscience and that is hurting to children you know that in your heart yeah. and if you feel it and you know it but you don't speak to it yeah. it's th this is where Camus I think he's so right the issue isn't like what's gonna what's gonna be the outcome of you standing for truth yeah the issue is is there such thing as truth or is two plus well, what two will be the four? outcome of you not standing for truth oh gosh well I, I will say this we have a great example in Scripture in Genesis of Lot. And we know in Second Peter, is it first or second Peter? I can't remember. It says that Lot was vexed in his righteous soul. Lot was a righteous man. And it says that he was vexed in his soul about the sin of Sodom. So he knew the culture was bad. He knew it wasn't good. Now let's just stop and let's look at Lot. When the angels, the two angels come into Sodom and Gomorrah, where did they see him sitting? Do you remember? He was seated in the gate, That's right. which meant he had a position of influence. He right. was an influencer yeah. in Sodom. <laughs> And yet Lot also knew when the angel said, we'll sleep in the square. He said, no, 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 don't sleep in the square. They knew, Lot knew that the culture was bad. So he brought him into his home. And then what happened? It said that the men from every sector of the city, <laughs> That's right. in other words, from the, every single sphere of culture, they're there, young and old. In other words, sin had so infected that place. Wow. That it had the old men, it had the young men, it had them all. And they demanded, they didn't request, they demanded. That's what's happening with the gay rights today. Yeah, demanding, yeah, no yeah, requests. Yeah, right. Demanded, bring those men out that we may have sex with them. Now Lot comes out to the front door of his house. This is where we see spiritual leaders. Lot was a righteous man. So inside he's feeling these things. He's right. certainly not giving voice. Right. And so Lot comes out and he says, my brothers, please don't do this grave sin. So he does two things right there. He, he connects with them relationally. My brothers, right? That's what we're supposed to do, at least according to this new uh, leftist Christianity. My brothers, be cool, connect with them, be <laughs> seeker-friendly, right? And he says, don't do this grave sin. In other words, he lobbed the truth. He lobbed it out, but he wasn't willing to die for it. He was not willing to die on the mat. What was the next thing that came out of his mouth? Here, don't do this to these two men. Here are my two wow. daughters. That's right. Do you see, Lot was saved 
but he wasn't salty. Wow. <laughs> and because Lot was saved but not salty, he That's gave good. up his two daughters. Wow. And his wife became in her death what he should have become in his life. That is the key. That's where we are today. She became a pillar of salt. So check this out. We got a lot of saved people, and we got a lot of saved influencers in the gate of Sodom. Wow. But they are not willing to step out in front of their house and die on the mat. But let me just make a public announcement to you right now, Seth Gruber. David Benham, I have decided I will die on the mat. So help me God. You will not. My children will not see a dad who offers them up to this radical mob that is surrounding family, stripping parents' rights, wanting to rip apart the unborn, wanting to demand that they put their grooming homosexual curriculum into public schools. They will not see a dad Mm. that will say, here, just don't touch me. Here are my kids. No, but you touch my kids, you got to come through me. And I'm telling you, there are millions of men and millions of mama bear women That's right. that are stepping up now. And I truly believe, and I'm not just saying this some charismatic, freaky comment, but I <laughs> truly believe we are in the midst of a great awakening mm. because I am seeing the burning fire in the hearts of men and women around the country as Jason and I travel and speak. That's right. And I know that I know that I know that I know that one of two things is going to happen. Either Christ is going to return which we know it's ultimately going to happen, but it may happen very soon. It sure feels like it. Or there's going to be a great awakening. Mm. There's not, it, we're not just going to sit in this. Right. Right? So I want it when he comes back, and if, if I go down, like if I go down, I'm going down standing up. Mm. And yeah. I just pray, help me God in the name of Jesus that I stay bold. Yeah, yeah. Dude, so good, man. Um, you got to get like a podcast or something about the, about the culture. Well, I do. You, it's called you, Living you, Among Lions. You, you have, uh, do you really? Uh-huh. Oh, I knew about, oh, look at that, guys. I knew about expert ownership. Yes. That's my business one because we see business, you know, people in the marketplace are desperately hungry. So we do Living Among Lions. What's this culture? So yeah, I didn't know that. I knew about expert ownership. Yeah. Uh, but okay, so say it again. Living Among Lions. Living Among How Lions. How to Thrive Like Daniel in Today's Babylon. Oh, wow, dude. So good. I do it every week. Well, we, we uh, okay, everyone go subscribe to that. Uh, but what you said, David, as we close the show was, was powerful. Um, it, it feels like maybe the early seeds of revival. Yes. And isn't it interesting how when the enemy overplays his hand, and you have to pick between conformity, comfort, or standing, that that's when people start to rise up. Yes. And so we've experienced that the last two years of COVID tyranny. Now Rose about to fall. Um, and that would be the prerequisite to revival. Yes. You know, George Mason, the father of the Bill of Rights, said, as nations cannot be rewarded or punished in the next world, so they must be in this by an inevitable chain of causes and effects, providence punishes national sins by national calamities. And is it possible, David, that the last two years of COVID tyranny might be a result of our tolerance and apathy towards the slaughter of unborn children? I could now that more. high place is starting to maybe come down a little bit. Yes. And we'll have need it will be vital for godly men and women to rise up in the states start abolishing abortion until we have that federal constitutional personhood amendment for the unborn and it's banned Mm -hmm. at the federal level. 
Who knows? Yeah, but, well, while that's God happening. God is not going to rent the sky and pour out his spirit on America as long as we continue to slaughter children. That's exactly country. right. And while that is happening at the, at the state level and at the federal level, the church has to mobilize through, I say love life, any pro-life ministry and organization that actually helps these mothers, right. that actually is there. So instead of them running to Planned Parenthood, they run to the house of God. They run to the church. Yep. And it's not just parachurch. The reason why we started Love Life was because we wanted the church to actually be the church. Yep. And all these mentor families to help these mothers yeah. and to help these dads. A lot of them, you know, they, they don't even know how to be dads. They don't have yeah. good examples. And, right. and so we've got to really, this is a discipleship evangelism, gospel opportunity for the church. And we, we can't just sit back and go, yeah, row went down, great, wipe our hands and move on. No, right. man, the work has just begun. Active habits are strengthened by repetition. That's right. David, thank you, brother. Thanks for being a warrior. Keep it up. Go subscribe to his podcast, Expert Ownership as well with the Benham Brothers. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Pray for the end of Roe versus Wade, and we'll see you on the battlefield. I'm Seth Gruber, and this is Unaborted.